Blog Talk Radio. From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you make things better. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the special holiday edition of Parenting Behaviorally Challenging Kids. Um, well, I don't know. Is it the special holiday edition? It's it's certainly, well, I'm in a good mood because today is um, Parents Panel Day. So I'm, uh, I guess, caught up in the holiday spirit because I love Parents Panel Days. And we seem to have our communication straight, so I know that we have Sharon and Susie standing by. I'm not sure if Peter's going to be joining us today as well. And I actually have some ideas for things I'd like to talk about today. And we'll see if Sharon and Susie are on board. I've got them muted at the moment, so they can't, you know, we can't hear them, which is, you know, well, you know, I'm not a very power-oriented guy, so I think I'll unmute them. Hi, Sharon. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And Susie, how are you? I like being unmuted. You like being (laughs) unmuted? Listen, um, there's tremendous power in hosting this program. I can mute people any time I want, and then unmute them any time I want, and that's that's power. And of course, collaborative problem solving is all about power. How are you, Susie? I'm good. Thanks, Dr. Green. Hi, Sharon. Hey, Susie. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. How about you? It's, uh, it's been I don't a... like that sigh. I don't like the <laughs> no, sigh. That's, that's, sigh. A, that's a telling that, sigh. That big sigh, right. It's been a... Uh, I have to be careful because my daughter's still home. She's going into school shortly, hopefully. But it's been a pretty extra challenging couple of weeks, um, more of a bumpy road than usual. So I was, I always look forward to um, the uh, parents' program, but particularly today to uh, just listen in and check in and say that, you know, collaborative problem solving is hard, but you just got to stick with it. And it really does work. And even though we're going through a uh, bumpy time, I know that she knows that I'm on her side and I'm listening and I'm trying to understand. Good. Mm. So I did have a topic for today, but it doesn't have to be what we cover today. Do you want to talk about what's 
going on with you today? Um, well, I could. Um, I also had something that I wanted to to talk about. Um, I guess it's it's a situation that um, our 17-year-old daughter is in a public school that I think is not well-suited to her needs. I think as far as public schools go, I think that they have tried to accommodate her. Um, But we still have the same problems that when she feels overwhelmed um, with a certain subject, and that can vary depending on what work is required, she um, shuts down. Now, just to make things a little more interesting, um, we think that her medicine hasn't been working as well. So um, I just talked with the doctor this morning, and they're going to increase something, and hopefully that will um, help some of this paralysis and anxiety when she can't get to school. It's a chronic problem. Um, Her therapist, even after a year or so, really isn't sure what's getting in the way. Um, You know, he continues to say to her, well, you just have to get to school. Well, (laughs) duh, I mean... She not the kid knows that she has to get to school. It's just we're really struggling with trying to find out why she can't get there and what's paralyzing her. Well, and of course, this is always the hard part is figuring out what's getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, without knowing what's getting in the way, it's hard to know what to do. And I've broken it down into the component parts and which subject and and which particular homework. But it's there that we get stuck. But we keep on talking and, um, you know, she she's, missed three days maybe last week and yesterday excuse me but um, I think she's going in for a half day today so today's a new day and we'll just muddle through that can I interject for one sec always if if she didn't have any homework at all do you think that would be better for her Um, that's a really good question why can't they just pull the homework for a while? I mean, you know, if the and then the teacher can maybe meet with her after class, after school, and just go over some of the material to see if she understands it. Maybe she needs to do it orally. I mean, maybe they should just you should see if they could just 
stop the homework altogether. I mean, it's not like at this stage she's going she needs to get into Harvard. I mean, that's how I always look at it. You know, <laughs> if whatever right. path she goes on, she goes on and whenever she that's gets exactly there, she gets right. there. Yeah. And you know what? If it's not doing homework, uh, you know, that's what, we had that issue with my son and I think we just said, you know what? Cool it with the homework. Just let her be in the class, get what yeah. she can get out of it and go home and decompress. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that would help, if someone could help you along that avenue at the school. That's a really good suggestion. And uh, you know, Just to get her there, she's absorbing information right. if she could be there. Right. So that's just a thought. No, it's a very good one. Thank you. Well, now let's let's think about that one, because a, a, a solution is judged by whether it's realistic and mutually satisfactory. Mhm. Susie, yes. how does that solution rate on the realistic and mutually satisfactory scale? Criteria? Yeah. Um well, it's an interesting situation because she's a senior in high school and um she'd like to graduate in June. In fact, Last week, when things were particularly challenging, you know, I said to her, maybe it's just too much and we need to, you know, dial back a bit and take a few less classes. And, you know, what's the big deal if you graduate in August? But she was adamant that she she really wants to graduate with her class in June. So that solution that she do no homework wouldn't be mutually satis- wouldn't be satisfactory to her. I it's it's a great suggestion. I think um I haven't even gotten to realistic yet. I think you're right. Well, you know what? They graduate they graduate so many kids that you know in my opinion, you know, don't don't fulfill a lot of things because of certain needs. So, um, I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a way to make the to take do the homework in a different way, or change it, or or do it, you know, once a week. I mean, there's, if the homework is a, is a big hang-up, they have to come up with some sort of, I would think, compromise or some way to make it easier. Well. There's got to be. I don't know why the school, the school should try to come up with a solution. Actually, I mean, it can't be the first person that's had these issues. No, of course not. She um, she's working on her senior thesis, and she's just a little bit behind in getting this uh, thirty note cards into the teacher, which mm-hmm. um, you know has has put a stress on her, but she's doing it. Um, so that's great. That's a positive thing. But they should know that when she gets it, she should, you know, have extra time, I would I would think, because she struggles. Yeah, Dr. Green, were you going to say something? I was not. Mm. I think that my vibe is that eliminating homework or even reducing the homework demands 
may not be a realistic solution as far as the school system is concerned, even though mm-hmm. they may do it all the time. I don't know if they do it all the time. Mm-hmm. It would depend a little bit on the track your daughter is on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure... Uh, I don't know how your daughter would feel about that, nor how you um, and or your co-parent would feel about that. But if um, eliminating all homework isn't realistic and mutually satisfactory, then it's not, for whatever reason, then it's not going to fly. Are there things about that solution that you think would cause it not to fly? Um, Eliminating all homework. Right. I think... I just meant temporarily to get get her back into school on a regular basis. Yeah. I didn't mean forever. Well, and I think that it's an interesting thing. Sharon asked, if we eliminated all homework, would she be able to get into school more easily? Um, Do you think your daughter would daughter's difficulties getting to school would be any different with homework completely eliminated, even temporarily. Would that get her there? Um, I think that there are some classes that she struggles with, and when she has a difficult time in those particular classes, um, whether she can't just she's having trouble mastering the skills or she doesn't see the point in one of the classes that the teacher just takes uh, foreign foods way too seriously. Um, She just, plus a, a terrible school anxiety. I think she, she just shuts down. So it's interesting, the more, you know, I think of homework as sort of a um, sort of a uh, litmus test for how are things going in school in general. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to, when there's homework troubles, it's hard to separate homework from all other aspects of school. Um, and some kids would take it as sort of a, failure on their own if they weren't able to complete the homework that was being assigned. Yes. So I find that life gets complicated. And um, finding a realistic and mutually satisfactory solution can sometimes be extremely challenging. doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's not worth doing because Mm -hmm. the only other option is to just say to your daughter, look, you got to just do it, which is what I find people tend to do when they get frustrated that they're not able to find a mutually satisfactory solution. Right. Um, Yep, we're just going to hang in there and keep muddling through it and try to figure out... Do the teachers ever call to talk to her? Do the teachers ever call you at home? Uh, No, I've pretty much been... um, helping our daughter through the guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. 
Are the teachers all aware of her situation? Oh, yeah, very, very much so. Because yeah. maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe if they would called the house or emailed her or whatever to encourage her when she's frustrated, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, please, you know, to come to class, not to be, you know, not to feel frustrated, just come to class. I mean, I've had teachers, I, I my son had difficulty with a math teacher and math class, and um, she, you know, when she realized that he wasn't doing his homework because he didn't understand it, and he, and he might, he also was a child that, when he was overwhelmed, wouldn't do any, didn't do any work. Instead of asking for help, just didn't do anything, and then mm-hmm. you know would have his like psychosomatic cough and wouldn't get to school. <laughs> right. Um, so the, the the teacher actually called and asked to speak to him, and she, you know, said, "Look, you have, you know, you need to talk to me. You need to let me know what's going on. You need to meet me after school, and we'll work it out." And and it and it made a huge difference. Of course. So, I mean, yeah. some teachers will go out of their way to make a child feel better. Yep. You know, others won't. Yeah. We all know that. So. Yeah. But I wish you good luck. I know it must be. Thank so- you frustrating and just, you know, time-consuming in your mind. Um, it is, but you know what, Sharon? It could always be worse. So we'll get through it. And um, But just... there is nothing more, um, nothing more all-consuming than having a child You're... not doing well. That's exactly right. To seeing your child not thrive is just breaks your heart. It really. Uh, you're only you're only as happy as your least happy child. That's <laughs> funny. That's what I always say too. That's yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't want to take the entire um, program, but I did want to just, you know, I I thank you both very much. I did want to just mention one thing, if that's okay. Of course. Why not? Okay. Um, do you remember, I think it was, let's see, it was in November, and I think, Dr. Green, you were talking about um, the preacher who um, taught that um, spanking was all right for regarding child discipline. He didn't think it was just right. all right. He thinks it's the cat's meow. Yeah, okay. Well, um, Dr. Spock's widow, Mary Morgan, wrote a letter to the editor um, a couple of weeks after that article. I I don't know if you had a chance to see it. I did not. Okay. And I I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, of course, Dr. Spock would say, that he didn't think that physical punishment is necessary. And he never wanted to make a parent feel guilty. And he would have uh, felt compassion not only for the children being abused, I'm quoting the article now, but also for the parents who were abusive. Um, And she says to, to look at this, not who is right or who is wrong, no judgment, I'm back to the article, but true transformation in human consciousness happens when we bring clarity to confusion and compassion to the stressed parent who knows 
that there is something better than violence. She goes on to say, if we arrest the parents, get rid of the preacher and his book, there is no change in consciousness, and then it will all manifest itself again in a different form. And I guess I just wanted to say, um, Dr. Green, that's what all your hard work has been to change our consciousness and to provide parents with a different way of uh, viewing a family problem and a challenging child. And I just thought it was an interesting little follow-up. I agree. Oh, you know, I'm seeing that we have Peter with us now. He's been muted all this time. Let's bring Peter on. Peter, how are you? I'm fine, Dr. Green. I was um, um, at a parents' meeting with my teacher. That oh, wow, you'll have something to talk about today, too, eh? <laughs> it's interesting to hear Susie's uh, comments. Uh, my older son is having some trouble at school. Well, not at school. He's actually having trouble at home. And we're getting a tremendous amount of support from the school, which was it's just fantastic. And my younger son, won't. Uh, when I drop him off at school, he just will not let go of me. He's just clinging. He's six years old, grade one. So there's been a bit of a change over the last, I don't know, about a month. <coughs> I get support for that as well. They go to two different schools. So any um, let let we'll move, we'll 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 get to that in a second. Um, it's nice to know that collaborative problem solving and Doctor Spock's wife, did you say it was? Yes. Are in uh, are are kindred souls. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I said on that program that week, I just can't think of anything that's any anything that is the reason kids are challenging that a spanking would fix. I, I know that people do it, and I know they often do it out of frustration and in desperation. Um, but when we take a step back, we realize that there's nothing a spanking would accomplish given what we now know about why challenging kids are challenging. Right, and that's the beauty of... Well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I was done. Okay. Um, But that's the beauty of proactive B is that it takes the reactivity out for the parent and it and it eliminates the rush and the <clears throat> excuse me the heat of the moment so that you can take time to think and even though the situation is terribly terribly frustrating and whatever um it gives CPS provides you with skills to think things through as a parent so that it goes as good as it possibly can with your child, challenging or regular. I'm with you. Mm. And we do, I do hope that people are able to get a handle on what's keeping your daughter from getting to school so that it can be addressed. This is the this is the hardest part. Um, the figuring out part is the hardest part. Thank you. Yes, it's, um, well, it's been a few years. 
Is there any other place she could go to school? Um, Well, that is a timely comment. Um, And, you know, that's that's what's... That's more therapeutic? Right. That's what we're thinking about for next year. Peter, you want to tell us about your... uh, um, you know, I don't, I'm not hearing from Susie that you feel that the folks at school have been unsupportive. Mm-hmm. Um, am I, I'm an, we're about to bounce over to Peter, who's going to tell us that the school is being very supportive. Mm-hmm. I don't think what you're, we're hearing from you is that the school is not being supportive. Correct. I think we're hearing that you, your daughter has been struggling with school for a long time, and we're still not exactly sure what's getting in our way. That's exactly right. Yeah. Peter, you want to tell us uh, about your um, experiences with the school today? Peter? Have we lost Peter? I thought I heard a click. Oh. Peter, we got you? We don't. And I didn't mute him either. (laughs) (laughs) Not guilty. (laughs) I promise I did not mute Peter. He'll call back. Maybe he'll call back in. Um, Well, I have some good news to just tell you quickly. Okay. Um, My son is going to start a job today at noontime, so I might have to get off a little bit early to get him there. Congratulations. Okay. Uh, we'll let you do that. Yeah. So he's going to work at a, at a grocery market from 12 Fantastic. to 14. And, and tell us why that's good news. Because he has not had his first job, and he applied online himself and went to the interviews. And, uh, you know, he's 21, and college route hasn't worked and he knows that he has to get a job to continue to live freely in his parents' home mm-hmm. until he can make some money. And um, it's a big, big step for someone who didn't want to do anything. You know, it's always been sort of a oppositional type of person. And uh, so it's a very big step for us. And I hope... So that's fantastic. That it uh, works out. But as we always say, even if it doesn't, it's still a step in the right direction. Right. Baby steps, right? It's going to be positive. That's right. Yeah. And um, i got to ask a question. When he was extremely young, would this have been your definition of success? Never. But you said this was good news, which suggests that you have adjusted your lenses and... Oh, my God. Every every week I adjust my lenses. Accepted the hand you've been dealt. You know what? At times I don't, and I still say, you know, why? And then other times I'm like such a sage, and people tell us, oh, you guys are so wonderful, and we're like, yeah, 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 you know, what you've been through, and blah, blah, blah. And and still other times, 
I I just wonder, you know, why, why, why? So you know what you you know it's like as we always say when you have a challenging child or a child with any type of physical or mental or intellectual you know difference. I think it's you always sort of go through a mor- a mourning period. At least I do. When I see the kids his age that are going to graduate college, and you know he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on one sec. Uh, you know, I just feel that it's um, it's something I always I think have to just reconcile with myself, and I always have to give my you know I give myself a pep talk of this is the way it is, and just you know go forward and try to always see the silver lining, and I think you just have to live like that. But every now and then you feel a little you feel a little sad, but I guess that's that's human, normal. right? Yeah, so. But today I feel good, <laughs> and uh, you know, as as I used to tell Doctor Green, every time there's a good day, you rejoice and you just hope for you know you hope for them to come more often. I hope you have many of them moving forward, and I know that sometimes you won't. This is very true. Although maybe very statistically, true. given the number that you had that weren't. Maybe you're due. If, if <laughs> Maybe. there's balance in this world. Maybe, but you know what? It's uh, you know we don't get our hopes up too high over anything, and that's just how you have to live your life. And I think that I think people, in general, should live their lives like that because you never know what's going to happen the next day. So you just have to embrace when you have good and and enjoy it. And, you know, not be prepared for something to happen, but to know that just life is challenging and changing. And, you know, you just, you don't know what's going to happen each day. So uh, just enjoy it when you have a great day. I like the outlook. Do you uh, have the same expectations for the son who you have good news about today as you do for your other son? Um, well, you know, my expectations are higher with my other son. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping he goes to college, which I expect him to. Um, and, you know, <laughs> he'd like to go as far away as possible. So um, I think my expectations are I want my kids to be happy uh, I want them to feel fulfilled and have a good life and to uh, just be satisfied with whatever they do and enjoy what they do. And, you know, I guess if whatever works, works. But, uh, you know, I think that getting more education will hopefully help in the long run of whatever he wants to do in the future. You know, my other son knows that not having a college education is going to hold him back from certain jobs that he might be interested in. He understands that fully. But at this, he's thinking, you know, he said maybe someday he might go back to school, but at this stage of his life he's he just can't do it. But he does understand that higher education um, can lead to, you know, better employment opportunities. 
Well, I guess he'll do the best he can. That's all we expect. That's all we ask. Try your best. Do your best. And the rest is easy. Susie, is your daughter doing her best? Yes. I think she was up until this past couple of weeks. She really... um, she was doing her best effort. And in the past few weeks, you would say you are not getting her best efforts, or uh, is something I think, yeah, getting I, in the way? Yeah, yeah. I think that um, she was more depressed and irritable, and um, I think her anxiety was more uh, some of you know those symptoms had uh which were pretty well managed pop back up. Got it. So she's doing her best under the present circumstances? I think so. Okay. Yes. Peter, you want to tell us good news? We've got Peter back. Oh good. Peter, do we have I'm back? Sorry for the tec- yes, I'm sorry for the technical problems. Um we yeah, I think the the news is mixed. Um I mentioned earlier last year that we had moved from um, eastern Canada to western Canada, mm-hmm. and the move has brought quite a few stresses and stressors, um, and some are kind of surprising. My my older son is, is starting to feel quite depressed, and what, what has happened is it's, it's approaching Christmas time, and his son, his grandfather passed away in March. And of course, Christmas time is when we um, get together for holidays, and that's of course the context of when he would meet his his grandparents. And this is the first Christmas that uh, he spent without his grandfather, and he's mm-hmm. really, really upset about that. Um, yesterday and maybe the last two weeks, three weeks, we're starting to see some very challenging behavior. Um, and what concerns us is he was saying that he wanted to join his grandfather. He said that kind of a obliquely, but then he was talking about more, uh, you know, he, he really wishes that uh, maybe he, he, you know, he doesn't want to continue in living. He's only nine years old because he wants to see his grandfather. So we're not sure quite what to make of that. We've we've decided to uh, seek some outside assistance. And in doing that, we, we talked to the school, and his school has been really very supportive. Um, we've applied for a... Um, parent school uh, a liaison so that there's a social worker who will come to school and also to our home to to help uh, facilitate. Um, he's doing well in school, um, but he, he just behaviors are only confined to the to the home, and they, they don't see any negative behaviors at all. So it, it's uh, it's good in a way because we're, we're, we get more support now. And we're trying to sort of figure things out, but um, he is quite sad over the holidays, and, and that's not good. Well, it's not the ideal time of year to be sad, but many people are. It's a, it's actually the the expectation for being happy during this time of year is not helpful to some people. I think that's true, and. The, the other problem that we're having is um, with my younger son. He needs to be very um, 
he's having separation issues that have come out over the last month. Um, I don't know if they're related to the older son's behavior or not. Um, the younger son is going to a school for, for gifted education, and he's doing really well. He's, he's, his academic level is actually very close to my older son, although they're three years apart. Um, and so I, we don't. We try very hard to treat each child individually, and each school is. They're they're good schools for the particular child. They they really help bring out their particular talents and skills. But the older one seems resentful that the younger one is um, able to do math at his level, uh, read at his level, um, and he he brings it up a lot. He feels kind of maybe not not as valued, but um, he's performing well in school. But the older one is doing well in school. Um, we're we're kind of causing a lot of stress because we, on the one hand, we have the separation issue, on the other one, we have challenging behaviors from the older son, and and this kind of this this depression. It's 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 hard to to get through to him, and we've all, all we've had to almost step back from doing collaborative problem solving because we're even having trouble talking to him. So when the challenging behaviors start, what we've what we've implemented is what we call a safety plan, where we just kind of it doesn't matter what happens. We just the, the priority is just to calm down, and and then we deal with the things later. And that that seems to have worked really really well. So we we don't even talk about what's happening. Just try to calm down, um, go to a different room or something, and 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 just really focus on on relaxation. And that, that that's been working. I'm Good. I mean, it does sound, of course, like you have. Right. Does sound like you have problems that do need to be solved yes that have popped up post move that's correct and post the death of grandpa um, so it's good that you have a uh, plan in place for when it gets rough and certainly there's times when people are ready, when kids are more ready than others to solve problems. On the other hand, um, it does sound like you have quite a few problems that need to be solved. They've stacked up a little since the move. That's right. So it's a little bit overwhelming. We're We're just trying to... Kind of right now we're living day by day. Well, it would be good, I suspect, to get some high-priority unsolved problems identified and collaborate on some plans for getting them solved. I'm, I'm glad the school is being supportive. And yes, when you have a challenging kid... Frequently, it's day by day. Sounds like you got two who are who have problems that need to be solved at the moment. Yes, different problems, but yeah. Yep. Did, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know which is the. Sorry, I, I'm just open to suggestions. I really don't know what to do. 
Well, in collaborative problem solving, you always start with what unsolved problems you feel need to be solved. In the case of most have... Okay. The the uh the big one for my older son seemed to be the feeling of sadness from his grandfather. He feels guilt from his last goodbye with his grandfather, which he can do nothing about now. Right. Um he wanted to do something just as I think it was a TV program or something, so he said goodbye very quickly, and uh, then he passed away after. So he feels this tremendous guilt that he didn't wasn't a proper send off. Now, do, and do you think that that I mean that sounds pretty um, important? Do you think that's why he's having trouble going to school? He's not having trouble going to school. He he actually likes going to school. Oh, I thought I heard We're, you saying that he was having. Oh, the younger one's having trouble going to school. And ah. we're not sure why he won't, he won't talk to us about it. Okay. We, we're, so, in the younger he goes one, to school very well. Other days he doesn't. Got it. Yeah. So the younger I wonder. One yeah, I wonder about. Um, so it sounds like with your younger one, um, separating to go to school is pretty high up there on the priority list. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And. For your older one, that's going to be a trickier one because he can't do something about that with Grandpa. That's right. But that doesn't mean it's an unsolvable problem. He can't go back to the goodbye, he said. And I think that it's not unusual for many people when they've had a loved one die, have regrets, not not necessarily about the goodbye, but about um, un- unfinished business, we might say. That's not unusual. Um, One of the things he has said is that actually over the last week or so, his behavior has been um, better. He still gets really, really frustrated, but he doesn't he doesn't damage things. Like he, he would, in the past, he would kind of hit a light switch cover and it might break or something. Nothing really too valuable, but he'd have trouble containing his his frustration. But he's been able to do it over the last week to ten days. And he said his grandfather will never see him um, behave well. That was one of his regrets. And although that seems like a strange thing to say, it it's almost as he's keeping on with his negative behaviors because well there's it sounds like there's much to hear from your son in the empathy step okay and ultimately the solution main to these things especially that one um you know it's harder to come up with a solution when somebody has passed away but People have unfinished business people pass away frequently and still need to come up with some resolution that permits them to move on and permits them to feel some sense that there is a resolution. Um, 
So we're not going to be solving this problem with Grandpa. This is going to be more with your son, and uh, certainly in this kind of a situation. That's not unusual, but it still does sound like you have problems that need to be solved and conversations that need to be had, and some of these are going to take a while, but um, obviously we wish you uh, the best in your efforts to use Plan B to make it happen. On that note, we need to call it a day on our parents' panel today. Thanks to those of you who are listening in to the program, and um, I'll be back next week with another edition of Parenting Behaviorally Challenging Kids. In the meantime, take care. Talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.